everybody and welcome to Full Circle on this Friday evening. I hope everybody's doing well and this is your Cultural Affairs Radio Magazine produced by the members of the First Voice Apprenticeship Program. The show the show is written, produced, and broadcasting live from right here in Huchin, occupied Ohlone territory known to settlers as the Bay Area and on tonight's show where we will be discussing how colorism affects our interpersonal relationships here in the States and throughout the diaspora. And we're going to be speaking to acclaimed author Paul Ortiz regarding his new book, An African-American and Latinx uh, History of the United States. Oh, that should be interesting. And we'll also be inviting you to become a multimedia broadcaster by taking part in the First Voice Apprenticeship Program and all of that and more. So stay tuned on that. Yeah, I am one of your hosts, graduate apprentice David de la Gran. And I am your host for this evening. Eric, that boy media. Stay tuned. Yeah, yeah. Again, we're welcome to Full Circle 94.1 KPFA. And uh, tonight we're going to be talking about colorism across the diaspora. And you know what? Um, right before we begin, I just wanted to go ahead and thank the ancestors across all nations. I wanted to go ahead and thank them for the presence and letting them know that we hear them and that we carry their stories within us. And also that includes some of those ancestors that we know were up to no good. All the European blood that exists, let's say, within my own body and the story that comes along with that. And that's what we're going to talk about today. Colorism. Amen, amen, amen. Can the church say hallelujah? Hey. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. <laughs> and um, so, yeah, we're going to be talking about colorism in our, in our personal stories. And, you know, I guess I go first. And the reason why we're talking about colorism um, today is because it's very relevant, um, actually, today. Um you know, just seeing some of the, the, the images that, you know, I see on a daily basis, you know, even though representation for, you know, um, brown skin people have gotten better, it's still a divide, you know, and, and I know that we've been talking about this, you know, leading up to the show. And I know for me personally, when I was younger, I did not like the way that I looked. And I really cannot tell you why I felt that way. But I just knew that I did not like who I was. I did not like my skin tone. Um, you know, I guess growing up, you know, my mom, she's light skin. My sister's light skin. My brother's light skin. So I guess being the darkest one, it affected me. And I didn't know how it was going to affect me until it actually hit me. And I just remember looking for, this is around like 12 years old. This started around 12 years old. And then... 
like it kind of went away and then like around 17 you know i was looking for like skin bleaching creams on um online and i wanted to get surgery i didn't like my nose i thought my nose was too wide i thought my lips was too wide i just did not like who i was every time i looked at myself in the mirror i did not like who i was and you know now it's you know i can honestly say i love myself i appreciate myself but back in those times I couldn't you know and I think that because we have more representation it's getting a little bit more better but it's still a divide within the you know the African and the Latino community absolutely there is definitely a divide and you know that reminds me what you're talking about um the some of the words of uh, Dr. John Henry Clark who you know I'm paraphrasing but he would say you know um if you're looking for a friend look in the mirror and Mm. don't look away from the mirror until you like what you see exactly and that that resonated really deeply with me, and it resonated deeply with me. Uh, w- and in the context of uh, talking to my talking to my family, you see, like my my grandfather is from Belize. He's from the coastlands of Belize of African descent. My grandmother is from the central highlands of Guatemala, so she's indigenous. And then my father, you know, like you know, from Guatemala también, but he's like you know of that like European, like you know, light skin, light eye, you know, like you know, kind of look. Mm-hmm. And um, and so you know, you got all three, and that's that's what they call the mestizaje, and that's you know, like uh, that's where I come from. Pero the thing is, you know, like we never talked about that. You know, like uh, grandfather was never around. You know, um, he wasn't even a figure. And you know, it only dawned on me like recently that you know we are black. We have that African uh, descent. Why isn't this like more pertinent, like you know, within our conversations in the in the in the family? And so, you know, bringing that personal history out and just understanding that a lot of cultures, a lot of ourselves, um, do that. A lot of us have um, have have this ancestry and this mixed ancestry that we just don't um, um, acknowledge. And so. That brings me to how this you know, conversation even came up, you know? Like, you remember that, Eric? You know, like, I do. <laughs> so Eric sends me this meme, right? You know, and it says like, um, and it says something to the effect of uh, all Mexicans are basically Native Americans, mm-hmm. but y'all aren't ready to talk about that. Right. And I actually sent it <laughs> to Snap Shanice. <laughs> Um, yeah, because I had sent that to a few of my um my Latino friends, and you were the only one that kind of felt a certain type of way, and it actually sparked up this whole entire show idea. Well, the whole thing was that you know just understanding that you know like that we do have this mixed ancestry, you know, and uh, and a, but a lot there's a lot of people you know within the 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 global South, you know, the the, the Latin context, you know, who don't identify as indigenous, mm-hmm. you know, who who reject you know any kind of African uh, roots to Absolutely. them. Absolutely, and uh, you know they're the people in the big trucks, you know, they're the, they're they're the people with the new caballos. Those are the new horses of the day, the new conquistadors, mm-hmm. you know, they claim their Spanish, you know, identity, you know, like, like hard, you know, and it's, and it's wild. It's crazy. So that's why we want to talk about, you know what I mean? And, oh, by the way, you know, when they cross the border, they're, they're just an immigrant, you mm-hmm. know, to the eyes of, of these, um, like, uh, um, white settler colonials, mm-hmm. you know, so we're going to talk about this and more, you know, and, that's what colorism, you know, brings out. Right. Absolutely. And also, um, you know, 
one of my Latino friends, he sent me this clip um, that we're about to get introduced to. And it's pretty much talking about how, you know, everything came from Africa and um, how everything, you know, how pretty much everybody, you know, pretty much descended from Africa. And it's going to ruffle some feathers, but like we said, ain't nobody ready to talk about it. So we're going to talk about it. That's so Hit that radio shack. Lean back, come on. I said my nuts don't dance, we just pull up a pants and do the rock away. Let's speak about Latinos not being black. Latinos are black. Mm-hmm. In Cuba at one time there was eight million Cubans. Five million unfortunately were slaves. Three million were actual Cubans. And they integrated and had babies. Same thing with Puerto Rico when you go to Los Loisa and when you talk about Santeria, that came from the motherland, Africa. You know, uh, sometimes Latinos might even identify themselves with African and black culture more than black. With the shoddy, with the logo, kid. Set my don't dance, we just pull up our pants and do the rock away. Now lean back, lean back, lean back, lean back. Come on, I said my don't dance, we just pull up our pants and do the rock away. And that voice you just heard was the Grammy-nominated Fat Joe. He's a Bronx-based rapper, and he is of Puerto Rican and Cuban descent. And he was just pretty much saying, like, you know, everything came from Africa. And pretty much, you know, like you said, with the whole, you know, African indigenous people, you know, they're all black, you know. And, and people want to erase that part from them, but that's who you are. You know, and sometimes it's a face, it's a hard reality to face certain things, especially when you've been accustomed to, you know, looking a certain way or, you know, you've been told stories that this is what you are, but you ain't really what you are, you know, so, and then you get that truth and it hits you right in your face. Sometimes it's a hard reality. Absolutely. You know, and it's like the, the insidiousness of, of colorism, you know, it can be. It can be likened to 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 like this ignorance of a person who 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 just knows from a kid, you know, that they that they got to go to war, you know, mm-hmm. like. And then when, um, like, I, I remember, you know, Professor Ortiz, you know, he was he was talking about it, and he was saying that when he was growing up, you know, there was no concept of being able to be even against the war, you know, it's like all this like the settler colonial uh, subconscious influence that just you know takes us. To these to these dark places, you know that that makes us pit ourselves against our own neighbors, our own our own selves. Mm-hmm. It brings out that self hate, right? You. Which is also internalized oppression, which a lot of people is walking around here really dumbfounded and really don't know that they're oppressing themselves. And you know, it's just it's a form of racism. You know, we've been conditioned, um, people of color. We've been conditioned. You know, it just goes back all the way back to the brown paper bag test. You know, mm. that the lighter skin, <laughs> you know, blacks could be inside, and the darker skin blacks can be outside. But you know, it just. I mean, we've been conditioned for so long and we just need to get out of that conditioning because it's, it's, not, it's not doing anything but except hurting our communities. Absolutely. And these, and these you know, like uh, these conditions and these uh, systems of oppression, uh, you know, exist all throughout, all throughout the diaspora. Right. You know, you got all these different caste systems happening everywhere. You know, uh, you've got within the, the, the Indian culture, the caste system. Right. You've got the caste of the, the Spanish caste system all up and down the global south, um, you know, wh- where, where you got um, the the European whites like on the top, 
right? And then you, on the bottom, bottom, bottom of the low, 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 you've got the the mix of, of the African descent and the indigenous descent. Mm-hmm. Like 100% and 100%, they're called lobos, which is like a wolf. Mm. Which I can I mean, it's kind of a... Kind of a place of honor really a wolf is a beautiful thing but according to their well it depends on the interpretation right their interpretation <laughs> is like it's a it's a very bad bad thing, thing. exactly right um i know that you, while we were trying to come up with the show um you said you don't like the term afro latino because you feel like it's a divide and you rather be called african indigenous right can you explain that to the people out there you know i go back to dr john henry clark on this one because he talks about um about the word afro and how it's just half of africa mm-hmm. so it doesn't quite represent like you know everything that is africa like uh, um, uh, sorry africa so when i'm you know like you know speaking this language which was imposed upon us right mm-hmm. uh, the spanish language and i'm going to call myself africano Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not going to call myself Afro. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so that's my, li- my my small contention with that word. Also, Latino. That is, is the uh, de- derived from Latin, right? Mm-hmm. You know, and it's a tongue. Um, you know, we nobody speaks Latin. You know, I'm not Roman. Right. Um, so when, when you're trying to, you know, like uh, identify a whole, um, you know, hemisphere people and call them Latin, you know, you're putting your identity on these people. Right. It's almost like a form of labeling. Totally. Yes. Like you, you're putting people in a box. Exactly. You know. So, so that's my small contention with you know with Afro Latino. So you know, I I, I call myself you know, um, Africano Africano Indígena. You know. Okay. But just to go further and just to represent everybody, we you know we like to say we add the X, right? Mm-hmm. So African X, Indigen X. Okay. That's mm-hmm. a nice. That's a nice explanation um, for that. You know, I, I would have not not. Knew that You know All I've heard Was Afro-Latino Or you know Black Cubans Or black Puerto Ricans Or whatever the case may be But you know I've never heard of African indigenous people So I will I will say that Thank you Thank you Um, You know This one thing That I did Want to talk about um, I know that we were Supposed to have um, Dr. Paul Ortiz Dr. Paul Ortiz Mm -hmm. And and hopefully He'll um, be on with this later on there is one thing that i did want to talk about you know with this whole stupid you know i don't know if you heard you might have heard it with this hashtag team light skin and hashtag right period (laughs) no period Mm -hmm. like hashtag dark skin and hashtag light skin all right okay let me for all you ignorant uneducated people out there in the world okay you know a skin tone is not a race okay Mm. You know, um, skin tone is your complexion, you know, and for those, you know, and and let me back this up. I have no problem with people, you know, expressing or, you know, representing how they feel. But when it gets to the point where you're using your skin tone to, you know, degrade and be derogatory towards another person of a darker hue, that's what I have a problem with. You know, be proud of who you are. I have no problems with that. But don't degrade people because of who you are. And let's just be very, very, very clear. The reason why, you know, people are light skinned and I might catch some flack for this, but um, the reason why people are light-skinned is because you're closer to white. That white man raped, you know, that slave, you know, and that's the reason why you came out looking light-skinned. You know, you're just closer to rape. That's just keep it 100, you know. And, you know, 
th- that's just what it is. So when people sit there and be like, oh, I'm team light skin and I'm team dark skin, know your history. You know, you just closer to rape. That's what that's what that is. Right. And all the, you know, the the so-called, you know, advantages that that people put on on lighter skin, you know, like they got the the, the white supremacy. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, you get into the you get into the colleges, you know, you, you get into the clubs, into the sororities, mm-hmm. you know, like all these things that come along with it. But it's all invented. It's all invented. It's like you said, you know, like it just comes from ancient traumas, you know, that are just perpetuating uh, within the within the cultures, you know. And uh, th- there is a thing in, inside of um, the 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 this side of the hemisphere, the indigenous side, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, which they they say this thing. They say, "Hay que mejorar la raza." We have to better the race, and all that means is marry white. Oh, yeah. Wait, hold up. Wait a minute. Yeah. Mary White. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Basically, like, you know, if you, you, you bring home, like, you know, your darker sister, uh-huh. you know, your darker brother, it, it's a, it's a, it's not like, it's not a nice thing. It's not a good thing. You know, you bring home the white girlfriend, you know, like it's all of a sudden you're succeeding in life, you know, kind of, kind of thing. <laughs> what? <laughs> Have you? I mean, that's like, it, it's, you know, you just like, like grow up with this. I don't like it. You know, like I'm, you know, like <laughs> we both we both the same color. I mean, you feel me? Like right. you know, I'm just. I mean, you know, that does not make any sense to me because do you know how many poor white folks it is in the world? Mm. So what does that? Mean? How does mm. how does white? But you know, that's that condition. You right. know, that's right. the condition of you know, white is better, and mm-hmm. you know, anything that's darker is less. You know, inferior. You know, that's the internalized oppression that you know that we deal with on a daily day basis. Right, right. And you know, like, um, you know, where like I've been, I've been reading this book, right? You know, the the, the book that uh, Dr. Ortiz wrote, right, on African American and Latinx history of the United States. And you know, we had the the pleasure of you know like meeting him on on uh, last Tuesday, right? Right. And right. Um, you know, I just gotta say, you know, like when I was reading the book, you know, like you know, normally like history is like it's 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 boring. He ain't lying. It is. It's boring. Right. It's a snooze fest. Right. You got like, you know, the American Revolution is taught to us, you know, like all the way until we graduate high school. And it's like you never get beyond, you know, like I don't think we even talked about like the Civil War. You know, no. not, nothing of any importance anyways. Right. Right. The only thing I learned in history was Martin Luther King and Rosa Parks. Well, you're lucky. You I know. mean, I, with all the people that have done stuff in the world. And the only thing y'all can talk about is Martin. And no shade to Martin Luther King and Rosa Parks. They have been done done great things. And Cesar Chavez, a little bit. They talked about him a little bit. You know, okay. they throw him in there. You know, okay. like the like the dude that be throwing the salt. They just threw him in there. You know, right, right, right. You know, and um, you know. So we, but we don't really like hear all of the people that really was a part of the history, especially when it comes to, you know, African indigenous and African people. Right. And then, you know, you got like, you know, um, the, the uprising, the, the, the only successful uh, slave revolt in history, right? The Haiti, mm-hmm. right? You know, which uh, deeply inspired, you know, like um, uh, a lot, a, all the events. All the events that, that succeeded afterwards, and then you know, like uh, the, the but the, all the stories that are told within this uh, book. I mean, it goes through it. It goes through like the first general strike um, ever, right? Which was when the um, when the African slaves, you know, like uh, boycotted, you know, like their 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 slaveholders, 
and that basically won the war, right? Won the civil war. And then, you know, like, the, but the stories and the amazing, like, you know, like, um, um, solidarity that, you know, like that, that people here in the, in the, in, in the United States, uh, colored people in the United States, mm -hmm. you know, shared, you know, like this, um, this feeling towards each other, you know, to, to, to emancipate everybody, you know, like, so it goes beyond, it goes beyond color at this point, mm. you know, and it stretches across, you know, like from, uh, here in the States, you know, the, the newly, the newly freed slaves, you know, the newly freed peoples, right. you know, like we're looking beyond themselves, you know, to, to look at, let's say Cuba, you know, and they're saying we're not free if there are still slaves in Cuba. Mm-hmm. And then they were looking at, you know, like at Mexico and Mexico had abolished slavery. That's what and that's what uh, Fat Joe was talking about. He was like, it was slaves everywhere. You mm -hmm. know, they was just dropped off at different, you know, slave ships, whatever you want to call them, you know. But, you know, that's that's pretty much what Fat Joe was talking about. You know, when he said that everybody like all Latinos are black because he was like that guy dropped off everywhere. Right. And so you know we're gonna um, we're gonna have more discussion about this, and we're gonna um, we're gonna keep keep on trying to get uh, you know the, uh, Dr. Ortiz on the line. You know, if for whatever reason, you know what I mean, like uh, no podemos, well then you know what we're gonna open up the lines, you know, and and let y'all call in here, give us a little bit of your experiences with colorisms. And Dr. Ortiz, call us, call me. <laughs> but let's listen to a little bit of uh, let's listen to something else right now. We're gonna hear. We're going to hear this, uh, this beautiful music. you want to tell us about this right now? Brown out. Oh, yeah. So, you know, you wanted... Um, I remember when we were, um, you know, in the early stages of creating a show, you wanted to make sure that, you know, um, we, we all represented all black and, br black and brown people. And... Um, Shout out to Nikki um, from Rerise Production. She sent me the song. And it is um, Ruby Abara. I think that's how you pronounce her name. Don't shoot. You know, um, and this is, it's actually a little mix, actually. So this is Ruby Abara and India Ari, Brown Out and Brown Skin. So let's get into it. Radio Shack, hit it. World premiere. Get inside now. They teach me to erase that brown subconsciously. I lose my crown till I don't even recognize the person that's inside me now. We came from the slums once. Now live in the hum drum. In search for the green funds. We never can keep one. My mama on nine five. They switched to an eight one. An immigrant family losing our names and our face in the place that we came from. These institutions working. The devil prove he lurking. They shoot us down but first when we play the part in curtains. Open up to we prefer them so we don't know we hurting so we become a version a selfless thoughts is rust so how can i breathe in the stand of the free when people ain't free when the freedom ain't free i look in the mirror then all that i see is a version of me that they want me to be plus all of these thoughts they adapted to see i'll never be what they want me to be the devil's still working you looking like me can you tell me my worth and i'll pay you the fee till i fall on my knees and i'm feeling defeat and so give me your reason the image they feed to the fools that i reach cause we part of the sea can you part of my speech and the accent i speak i'm white in my skin cause it's all that i see no image of me represented to be myself are worth more than gold to me I'll be your almond joy You'll be my sugar daddy Brown skin You know I love your brown skin I can't tell where mine is Brown skin Up against my brown skin I need some every now and then 
come around Something magnetic pulls me and I can't get out Disoriented, I can't tell my up from down All I know is that I want to lay All right, all right, all right, y'all. This is That Boy Media and... This is David Lagran. And we are talking about colorism on colorism across the... the, the how you pronounce the it? The diaspora. Diaspora, sorry. My bad. <laughs> My bad. Um, and this is kind of like part one. You know, this we kind of wanted to do like an introductory... Um, show and pretty much we're just you know talking about colorism and you know what makes you colorist and kind of like the background of colorism and uh so yeah this is just part one for those who are just tuning in and that was in uh india Ari brown skin and um ruby abara for a brown out and um yeah and, and also if you want to follow us on uh, social media it's first voice media on Instagram, so follow us on that gram and Facebook, First Voice Apprenticeship. Absolutely. All right. All right. So, you know, one thing that really, because um, we're, you know, we're talking about colorism and we are going to, you know, continue. I mean, this is obviously a, like a bigger topic than we can obviously do in one hour. Right, right. So, you know, we are going to come back um, with different hosts, um, but Potentially not myself, right? I think you'll you'll definitely be on it. Um, but why are you not going to be on it? Because there's different people that need representation, and um, and so we want to talk about you know like because uh, we want to talk about the Indian experience. We want to talk about like the Filipino experience. We want to talk about you know all these different experiences. And I'm sure that there's other folk you know who are who are who are down to speak on it too. That's true, but we can still host it. We can still host it. We can hang out. Yeah, we can hang out. I'm not opposed to hanging out. Right, have like some popcorn or something, you know, (laughs) a little wine, just just in case, you know, get too intense. Mm -hmm. But um, I heard we had a caller on the line. We got a caller. And just so y'all know, you know the the number two from Richmond. Hey, from the rich. What's going on? Hello. Hello. Hi. Yes. Thank you for taking my call. There's a couple of comments that I want to make. I'm from a Latinx female, a Latinx female, um, and from South America. But because of slavery um, happening all over the world, my uh, father being very indigenous with Afro blood was very influential in my body and my and my life. But my body didn't come out dark like him, even though every morning I ran around and said, like, oh, my dark like your daddy. Because my mom is Ashkenazi, Russian Romanian, secular Jew. But uh, Ju- Judaism is a cultural, also, um, representation of what we are. But um, even if you're not religious or not. But because... I, one of the things that I heard you say is that when you're closer to white, you're closer to the racist. It depends. The colonization that came to the American continent was mostly by um, rapists and really, you know, horrible people. But not, uh, I mean, I have 50% of my blood is Ashkenazi. My mother and her family fled from Russia and Romania with their lives. One hand front, one hand in the back. So not necessarily, we're not all uh, closer to light skin because we are uh, from the, the blood of rapists. I just wanted to say that. And the other thing that is always on my mind is how uh, my fellow 
community from uh, indigenous people and um, African people, uh, mostly in this country and American continent, have have been uh, had their beliefs and their culture and their religions erased and decapitated, and instead we follow the religion of the oppressor. That hurts me to know, and it doesn't make any sense. And I respect people's religion, but that's always on my forefront. How can the oppressor manage to do so many things, rape, kill, uh, with disease or with, with their guns, and, and then they oppress us with this religion, and um, that's bothersome to me, really bothersome. That's and, you know, think, thank you so much for that. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I... Honestly, you know, speaking to that, you know, I feel like there is, you know, like a lot of things that that divide us, you know, like uh, and whether it be whatever label you want to choose, you know, like is whether it be religion, whether it be your 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 income bracket or whether, it be, you know, there's like all these different uh, elements that are used, you know, to divide us against ourselves. Because, um, you know, we know that like la unidad, you know, unity is what's going to like win the day. And these folk are just so scared and just so, you know, desperate to to maintain their control that they're going to use every little thing at their disposal, you know, to um, to to influence us. You talking about white folks? Yes. Okay. Yeah. 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 That makes sense. That makes sense. But thank you. Yeah, I have to think about what the religions were in Africa, or their beliefs in in Egypt, Middle East, in uh, in, in Latin America. What there and the world might be wrong, but the, the American continent or pre America, because of course that's also colonization, but what their beliefs were, what the, um, the, uh, the natives here in, in the north part of America, what did they believe in nature and the sun and, and the eagles and seals? All of that was just hacked and this new uh, colonized religion is imposed, and it has nothing to do with the people here on this part of the world. Nothing. Period. So very disturbing to me. You know, thank you so much, you know, calling out of Richmond, you know, you like, thank you yes. so much for your insight. And, uh, and, and yeah, you know, like, obviously we want to keep that in mind, you know, and uh, one of the things that, you know, we can have a whole conversation about religion um, and about uh, all, all spirituality and how, uh, you know, Africa didn't give the world religion. It gave them spirituality, right? But uh, we want to uh, talk about colorism. And that's uh, that's that's the topic of today: colorism across the diaspora. Uh, so, thank you so much for that for that insight. And we're gonna also, you know, give you the number again, a call if you're gonna continue calling. Um, <clears throat> Paul Ortiz, give us a call. <laughs> but yeah, five one zero eight four eight four four two five to call and get on the line. We got another person on the line too. Cindy from uh, Cindy from Oaktown. What's good, Cindy? Hey. Hey. hey, represent the uh, represent the Oaktown. What's going on, Cindy? Tell us how you feel. I'm, I'm so happy that the two of you are proud of who you are. Period. I, Thank you. Yes, I grew up also not being proud of how I look. Mm-hmm. Like something was wrong. And my family has African heritage. Mm-hmm. If you look at me, you know I'm not white. But my family wanted me to think that I was white. Oh, my wow. My family wanted to whitewash. They, they basically did a pretty good job of whitewashing our family. So I'm the last of, our, of the family who looks 
more uh, of mixed race because I am. I also found out that uh, I have, I'm half Jewish, but I found that out doing the DNA test. Mm. Mm-hmm. So before you go any further, Cindy, when you said that your family did a great job whitewashing you, what did, yeah. what, can you elaborate on that a little bit? Just just for those who, who you know, are not educated when it comes to whitewashing? <laughs> well, this is how my family whitewashed itself. Um, they were ashamed of how they looked. They came over uh, from, um, I want to say the Madeira, no, it's not the Madeira Islands, it's something else, some other kind of islands, where, okay, so they were mixed with Portuguese, African, and um, they were very, they looked like a mixed race. So when they came to America, they were made to feel ashamed of who they were or who they are. Really? Um, yes. As, even, even as mixed race, they, they people made them uh, feel ashamed? Yes. Wow. They didn't feel comfortable speaking their language. They never wanted to teach me Portuguese. Mm. So, um, and they told me I was white. When I would ask what we are, what am I? Mm. They would say white. We are white. Oh, wow. Because they were, they came over on their own through Ellis Island, New York. So I am from the East Coast. Mm-hmm. So. And that is, you know, that is a pervasive thing, you know, within uh, within Latinidad, you know, within uh, within di- the diaspora, because there's a big movement to, you know, to to be, to assimilate, to assimilate here in the United States. I mean, like I hear this a lot from, you know, my Chicano brothers and sisters a lot. They say, you know, that that they were taught to be white, you know, like that not to speak Spanish. And it's a, it's a new thing. I mean, you mentioned that you're the last person, you know, I would say you're the first person. You know, so you you have that privilege to start it up again and you I, learn your language. And I do have a question. Uh, um, what's the difference between whitewashing and passing? Is it the same thing? Uh, no, I think it's different. Passing is it depends on who is judging you. Mm. you know? Because I look of mixed, like of mi- I I look mixed, and so. When the people see me, they they all either see one side or the other. Mm-hmm. So that's passing. But when you whitewash, that's more. Um, you're erasing your identity, like your racial identity. You're erasing it to end to your children and mm. to the family. You you are conditioning them to think that they are not really who they are. Now we're Americans, or now we're just going to simulate into uh, uh, white America. Mm. That I'm not really all that proud to be a part of. Right. Well, if if you look at me, um, you would see that um, I'm not white. So Mm. it was really hard growing up, always being asked, so what are you? And then I would want to keep my family's um, whitewashing lies, and I would say I'm white, and then I would get really... um, you know, the reaction to, to me saying white, mm-hmm. would, they would have this questionable look on their face. Like, really? Are you really? Oh. Mm. Right. And, you know, Cindy, it's not, you know, like, it's not like, um, you know, anybody's like, fault. It's, it's a, on a big national level. Did you know 
I'm sure you know, but in Mexico, like, you couldn't even claim to be black up until a few years ago on in the census. Yeah. You know, and it's the same thing, yeah. like, throughout. You know, like, I've, I've spoken to Peruvians, you know, Afro-Peruvians, who right now, according to the census, there's only about 4% of them. But when you look in uh, in in Peru, you see a like a like a quite a substantial you know like a African population, African descendancy. Oh. Yeah, yeah. So I'm so glad you guys are doing this show because it brings this to the light. There was a time I thought no one would under, no one would understand what mm-hmm. I had to go through. Sis, you you're not alone. You're not alone. And keep your head up, Queen. I'm I'm pretty sure you're a beautiful woman, so keep your head up and be proud of who you are, period. Oh, that's so nice of you to say. Thank you so much, Cindy from Oakland. All Oak right. Town. Yay! All right. And then straight from San Pancho, from San Francisco, we've got Ash on the line. Orale Ash. Representing Fresca was good. Thank you will. Hey, thanks for, uh, for picking up the talk. Um, I want to say thanks for you two for doing the show. It's a great show. Gracias. Thank you. Thank you. Um, so when you mentioned that you weren't, uh, or and there's many people out there who aren't feeling good where they're from or how they look, um, live and breathe. I have a brother that is like that, and he doesn't like where he's from. We're from Central America. And, um, and you know, people, I have to say, um, and thanks for being open about uh, about how you felt. That was a great intro for the show. Um, so I have to say to those people, uh, the same thing that you would say to people who discriminate against from where you're from or how you look and mm-hmm. people that, that feel bad about themselves from where they're from or how they look. Right. Um, you know, it really doesn't matter in the end. It's just who you are and, and what you do, which is an encouragement for people to go out there and make something of themselves. Right. Because that's really what people want. Is how good you are, what you do, or or what offering you bring to this earth. You know, um, it doesn't matter where you're from. And I'm sure it matters. It's important and it's beautiful. But um, in the end, um, all that is is hazy considering who you are and what you do. Which is very true. But at the same time, it the the way that you look also plays a part. I think that if with me being brown skin, a brown skin black man, you know, if I was to stand next to, I don't know, maybe somebody of, you know, Chris Brown skin tone or, you know, somebody that's light skin, um, you know, the opportunities, it, it, the, the black male experience is probably not as bad as the black female ex- experience or the Latino female experience. But, you know, if, I was standing next to a light-skinned person. I believe that light-skinned person would have the advantages, yeah. and it doesn't matter how hard I work. You know, I, me personally, I feel like I work triple hard, but because of the way that I look, you know, that person of a lighter skin who would probably get it before I do, and that's still, you know, it's getting better as time that's goes on. You're going to somewhere where you're where that person's discriminating against, against you is discriminating against you. Yeah. So therefore, you don't really need to be there anyway. And True. And you're really good at what you do. Some people, will, the, um, the right person will seek you out and not choose that person and choose you because of what they're looking for. And you uh, know, that's, that's exactly it. It's a little it. bit of magic, you know? It's a little bit of magic. It's a formula. And throw it out there. I'm just throwing it out there. Thanks for the show, man. Hey, thanks a lot. So far, Thank you. Know, you. From Richmond. 
Este, you know, and you know, talking about that 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 power that we all have, you know, like, and it's, it is a, a beautiful thing that no matter where you are, no matter you know who you are, what color your skin is, you know, you have the ability to create massive movements. You know, I mean, look at the Black is Beautiful movement, you know, 1960s, right? And look at how it influenced the global South. You know, like you had people that were looking at people like Marcus Garvey, you know, like um, people like. Frederick Douglass, you know, uh, I mean, for, from from before that, right, and um, and just just understanding how that power, how that self love influences beyond borders, and then you got like you know independence movements, uh, the Garifuna people, right, which is like where my my grandfather comes from of African descent, and then they saw you know all these movements happening you know in the north, and they took and and they said we can do this too, so. Power does come from yourself. That's true, but it also comes within a community as well. You know, the Black is Beautiful movement would have not been successful without a movement behind it. And, you know, it, it does start within yourself. You have to love yourself, respect yourself, cherish yourself, you know, be like, you know what, I'm the bomb. But, you know, you also have to have a bunch of other people who feel the same exact way and then order to push that movement out you know and then you know the black is, is beautiful you know it kind of dipped a little bit you know you know with the the masses you know wanting a certain look i think towards like the 2000s that's when it kind of you know kind of dipped you know people was kind of looking for a certain type of look and i think that you know it's still very prevalent you have award shows like uh, black girls rock you have you know uh, you know different latino shows that showcase talent and beauty and all of that so it's it's definitely a beautiful thing but you know when you have masses you know that's the word that we'll use you know when you have masses you know that's trying to destroy something that's so beautiful you know and then it, it just kind of falls apart Right. And you do have this like constant back and forth and back and forth between, you know, po these positive movements and then these movements get crushed for they get undermined mm -hmm. and undermined by who? White. Undermined by the media. White folks. <clears throat> the, the banks. Mm -hmm. The, you know, versus white folks. I'll just say the slaveholders. Hmm. Period. So, and keep the, and keep the, and keep and keep those others these phone calls, man. These lines is hot. You know, five one zero eight four eight four four two five. Call us. Give us a call. Paul Ortiz, call us. We waiting. <laughs> we are waiting. We are gonna listen to a little bit of music uh, right now. This is a song by an artist from uh, from Colombia. And this is an artist of African descent. We're going to call it Africana Indígena. Mm -hmm. And this is Toto La Momposina singing Tu Tambor. Go crazy. Tócale. Se oye el rumor de un tambor. Batata toca tu tambor.
Ooh, she's not a gutter. Okay. You the big cardio freak. Uh. All my pajamas is leather. Uh. Toe back on your ass. Yeah. Wakanda forever. Even now, well, I can't after the show has been over and like... done, and you still didn't sit down to <laughs> where Afro-Latinos are. Like, and not only that, but you have a website selling Afro-Papi, Afro-Mami t-shirts. On top of that, you mock me. I'm trying to rep the cause. Because everybody's going crazy off of, like, of, of skin, like colorism. I didn't like that okay. to me. I don't colorism see is no difference between anybody. What I are don't. you saying? My, my dad's black and my mom's white. That's to me. So you're super Spanish. You only speak Spanish. You don't hang out in the black community like that. You don't be it. Like, okay. It doesn't seem like you know the difference between race, nationality, and ethnicity. And you being Hispanic and you saying your dad is black and you're, I'm speaking to you. And you saying that your mom is white. The thing is, Black Color. people. They're both Spanish, no. but they're black and white. I, well, I'm the same way. My parents are both black, and they're born in Cuba, but they're of African descent. African, a Latino means that we're of African descent. Black African people weren't just dropped off in America. They were of dropped off. But, but if you want to go deeper than that, that goes really deep. That goes really deep. But you don't know. It's, our ancestors are from Africa. Of course, where, but everybody's from Africa. If you want to go there, what do you even know? Okay. What are you talking about? The human race derives from Africa. If you want to go there, you guys see what you're talking about. Boarding jets, I like more than sex, but nothing in this world that I like more than culture. culture, culture. All I really want to see is the. Hey, and we're back to 94.1 KPFA. Got that boy media and David de la Gran. And we're talking about colorism tonight, and you just heard. You just heard Toto la Mompocina singing Tu Tambor. And you just heard that little clip of Amara La Negra and Juju, um, Cameron, the rapper, um, ex-girlfriend and young Hollywood, who was dumb as a rock and pretty much, you know, <clears throat> long story short, but pretty much, um, you know, they Amara La, La Negra was having a conversation with young Hollywood and he pretty much wanted her to be less Macy Gray and be more Beyonce. And he didn't he just was trying to pretty much pull her apart and she was like no this is who i am you know she was like i'm black and i'm latino i'm a latina and you know my hair is curly and i'm dark skinned and we represent and you know that's what it's all about and you just heard some cardi b money you know and um so yeah we just taking more callers we got i see we got a caller from richmond richmond lighting it up so apart Hey, ¿cómo, ¿cómo estamos? ¿Cómo estamos? ¡Viva la revolución! ¡Eso! ¡Hey! ¡Turn it up! Ya sabes, sabe. ah, primero, como siempre, quiero dar todo honor y gracias a Yahawa, para Hashem, Yahushai, para Hashem Rokakwadash, que es el nombre del Señor, uh, y por que está, eh, que significa este, uh, saludos y, y bendiciones a ustedes y su, su familia. ¡Ajo! ¡Órale! ¡Órale! Quise llamar porque ustedes hicieron una cosa muy importante, y you guys said a very important thing. You guys said that um, Africa, you know, it's it, it just pretty much is Leo Africanus. You know, it's a conquistador, uh, a, a, a ruler from, from Rome. You know, so for you to call yourself African, I mean, come on, let's be, let's be honest with each other. You know, that, 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 that's a conquistador, just like being an American, you know, a Native American, it, it, uh, you know, uh, America Vespucci. You know, these are names that are, are given to us by our conquistadors. You know, that's not who we are. Right. You know, we're beautiful. We're, 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 we're Mexica. At the end of the day, if you really want to look at it, and then, and then Mexica Aslanian means Messiah, you know, Messiah and people, people of the sun, 
Excellent. You know, and that's who we are. You know, we're beautiful people. You know, black, you know, brown, and 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 you said not beautiful thing. Just because we're light skin, it's because we're closer to the rape. That's really what it is. You know, when we have, yeah, we have to look in the mirror every day, right? And, and say that's that's not my skin color. This is not how I'm supposed to be. Like, period. I'm, I got raped. My, my ancestors got raped. My grandma got raped. Period. You know? and, and it hurts. You know, and and that's why it's beautiful today. You have that show today. Pretty much reclaiming our ancestry. We're proud. We're beautiful. All right. We're black. All right. We have curly hair. We have dark skin. All right. We we have we have we have dance. All right. We have spice. That's who we are. All right. And if everyone wants to take that away from us, then go. They could go to hell. <laughs> right on. Right on. And you know, like there also, I feel like there has to be a healing. You know, towards those, towards that. I was this gonna say towards that. towards that white ancestry, you know, like right. there's in, in this conversation is, and, and you're you're doing that. You're right now. What you're doing right now is giving therapy to our people because we've been hurt so much. And mm. We're healing, you know? right? We're reclaiming our time, as Maxine Waters would say. We're reclaiming our time, and the time is now. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, their best belief because you know they could talk, they could talk, they could talk all they want, but you know what? It's time for them to be silent and for us to talk. Like like you said, and uh, the author, <laughs> he's saying that again. Sorry about that. Hey, thanks a lot, man. You know, thank you. We are talking about you know, like you know, demanding a, or an end to race hatred. Right. You know, we're talking about demanding an end to our own personal hatred of ourselves, which is colorism. Right. And if you're hung up on like Chicano versus Black, Mexican versus Puerto Rican, or lo que sea, then you don't know who your enemy is. And you don't know your history, period. So go read a book. Right. You're looking at things like, you know, like the Cuban Solidarity Movement. You're looking at Jim Crow. And guess who? Juan Juan Crow. Crow. Look it up. Period. (laughs) And so thanks a lot to Sawapar from Richmond, you know, for those beautiful words. Rich, Rich. Yes, sir. Mm Mm-hmm. Giving us, uh, giving us those wonderful words, and it is true, you know, like the names, the names. I didn't even think about that African, you know, like it's a, it's, it's, it's a name that's given to us. One more thing to add to the list of things. Thank you. So you know, we definitely want to, uh, uh, want to mention a couple of things, and you know, I do want to quote um, something from from the book that we've been talking about, you know, an African American and Latinx history of the United States by Paul Ortiz. Freaking uh, so. Coretta Scott King, you know, she mentioned that Martin Luther King spoke out for all the poor in all their hues, you know, for he knew that if color made them different, poverty and misery made them all the same. What do you think of that? It just goes back into the mental mindset, the conditioning, you know, so, you know, it, that's a that's a mental that's a mentality. Absolutely. You know, and, you know, it goes all poor people, basically all oppressed people. Because you've got, like, you know, the Russian serfs, Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? They're Mm light-skinned, right? You know, and but yet we're all under the yoke, you know, of the slave master. Mm -hmm. Whether you're, like, a poor white or whether you're a poor black person or Mm -hmm. a poor, you know, person of color, Mm -hmm. poor woman, anybody. Mm -hmm. We're all oppressed by the same person. Exactly. And that's what, going back to my point with the whole hashtag team light skin and hashtag dark skin, it don't matter. You know, we all in the same category. It it doesn't matter if you're poor. It don't matter if you're rich. You get treated the same. Police stopping you, you you going to jail or or something bad going to happen, unfortunately. You know, like it does not matter. 
matter what your skin tone truly is. I mean, like I said, a skin tone ain't a race. It's your complexion. It's what you're born with. You know, your race is, you know, whatever it is that you want to label yourself. That's but uh, hashtag light skin, hashtag dark skin, hashtag I can kiss my behind. I'm hashtag mm. black and I'm proud, period. Right, right. Estee, there's always that constant backlash of the slaveholders, the banks, the landlords, mm-hmm. the racial capitalists, right? And what I've noticed, you know, through reading this book, right, which when I was done reading the book, I had to like stand up and clap. You know, when you stab and you say clap for like a theater or something mm-hmm. like that, I was like, you did your holy dance. Over. Yeah. You did your holy dance. You, got, you know, you have to do, do the hallelujah. <laughs> you do that Pentecostal. Well, you know? we, we did it, you know, and it's like, you know, the whole time, you know, like I'm crying, I'm mad, I'm happy at all the beautiful words and like, you know, the, the si se puede, you know, like that, that drive that, that's always there. Mm-hmm. And it's a beautiful thing, you know. And one thing that really, really stuck to me and made me like really think about something is the only time, you know, the success of armed self-defense really like you know struck a chord with me mm. you know like um in, in key west in florida you know when they had their um they they had their their judges and they had the this and that you know like it was post uh, the civil war they had a, a regiment of uh of, of black uh civil war you know veterans who mm. protected their community and then you had no like you know you had prosperity right growing you know and then you know through different means they managed to find a way to undermine that as well right well, I see we got like two callers. It's been lit this this evening. So let's get into another caller. All right, hey, uh, let's talk to let's talk to Ian, right out of out of Oakland. Ian, you're on the air. Come on, Ian. What's going on, Ian? Just wanted to say congratulations on a great show. I've been appreciating everything that I'm hearing over the air. Thank and you. I look forward to having having you all host more conversations on this topic. Awesome. Thank you. What do you want to tell uh, us, Ian? One thing, oh, one thing that I was thinking about was, um, you know, I'm African-American. It's how I identify. Um, and for a while when I was younger, I would kind of go back and forth with the term African-American and black. Uh, black kind of having like the larger encompassing identity to it with African-American kind of having more of like a, its own individual identity. Um, now I still kind of use both terms back and forth because I think that they, both of them do have their importances in my identity and the identity of others, um, such as I, I think as well with my friends who identify primarily with Hispanic, Latino, or Afro-Latino might have for them. I think you can identify with any of these if you do it in a healthy way where you aren't removing the um, the relationship between the other groups and their involvement in your cultural identity, as long as you're not um, taken away from anyone else, I think it's perfectly fine to identify with any of those names, even if you weren't the person who had created that identity as a naming mechanism to begin with. Well, thanks a lot, Ian, you know, for those, for those powerful words, you know, thank you. Thank you very much for that. I do want to mention, you know, like, you know, talking about what you're talking about, you know, of course you can identify, you know, in any way that you want to. And, you know, like um, the the term the term that I came across in this book is called emancipatory internationalism, 
where, you know, like African-Americans insisted that their emancipation was incomplete so long as other folk, you know, in other places were were not free as well. Right. So that solidarity is what we're looking for, no matter what you call yourself. So así es pues, Ian. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. And um, I guess that brings us to the end of our show. Yeah, before we let you go, you know, we're going to let you know that, you know, here on Full Circle, we're, we're part of the First Voice Apprenticeship Program. I'm one of the graduate apprentices here from the First Voice Apprenticeship Program, which is a program for women, for people of color, for underrepresented community. And you got to just understand that it is important for us to frame our own stories and to tell our own stories. And so we want to show you a little bit more about what that means. Eric, you're, 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 a, you're an apprentice, right? You're in it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we're all in this together. Right, 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 right. Let's okay, do we have do we have time for another caller? No. Okay. Well, for all you for all you people that are dying to call, that are dying to get on the on the on the air right now, you know you have chances, right? You right. got opportunities. Right. Let's, listen to this little clip here. You know, to show you how you can get and become a producer here um, on the air. Yes, it's the Fat Love Band. Warming up to bring you a hot, dynamic performance. Recorded live in our KPFA Performance Studio. You can hear them heat up the airwaves on Full Circle. Friday, November 29th, the Friday after Thanksgiving, starting at 7 p.m. Here on 94.1 FM. Fat Love. That brings us to the end of tonight's show. Stay tuned to next week. Uh, Miss Joy Moore is going to be speaking on the Urban Farmers. And uh, thank you to everybody. Radio Shack, Shanice, Free Will and Franklin, Miss M, Joy Moore. And also I want to shout out some women um, that inspired me to do what it is that I do. I want to shout out Janine Etter, you know, from my understanding. She started the Full Circle, so I want to shout her out. And I want to shout PJ Coble. And I want to shout out Felicia Bridges, who was, who was a graduate apprentice. Yeah, Felicia. Yeah! Hey, thanks a lot to Shaq at the controls, you know. I've been your host, David de la Gran. That boy, Media. And stay tuned, because next is going to be La Onda, La Onda Bajita. Bajita. Yeah. Orale.